and welcome back to another episode of the What's Support with me, Sean, Luke, Welch. We gotta get amped up. We gotta get excited. We're back again. Oh, make some noise wherever you want. Cause the NBA is back for another uh, historic season. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Waiting on this way along for a long, for a long time. And my goodness, I'm so happy to be back with you talking about the NBA season officially as it has started. And we got a bunch of stuff to cover in a small amount of time. So if you would, please conduct with me as we journey down the road of the NBA. And we're going to start with covering the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers. That and much more. Before we start, please, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like on the video. Subscribe to the channel, please. And share your thoughts and opinions and share the show in general. Put your thoughts in the comments and share the show with everybody that you know. Shove it in their faces. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and I believe most major, if not all major, podcasting platforms. You can listen to this 10 times over on 10 different devices at the same time, and essentially have your senses flooded with me. <laughs> Whether that's good or bad, hey, that's up to you. But if you chose to do it, you must like something about what we got going on up in here. Up in here. But again, thank you for listening. We appreciate your company. I appreciate your company. And let's build a community and an empire together. Oh, yes. But nice to aside, we got games to cover, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So as we said before, the NBA season's underway, and the Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers faced off in a highly anticipated matchup, not because of the skill. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. We knew this was going to be a whitewash. Absolutely. This team, the Lakers, from last year, are utterly abysmal. Been abysmal and didn't make no moves to make themselves unabysmal. So, we weren't expecting this game to be something close, something good, something impactful. Absolutely not. However... What we were looking for, at least what I was looking for, was whether or not Darvin Ham, or rather what was Darvin Ham going to do to help bolster this lineup in terms of mentality since they don't have the moves, or rather they didn't make the moves necessary to make this team something competent, at least on paper. He's preached defense, he's preached consistency, he's preached tenacity. All throughout the offseason, it has gotten Russ, or seemingly is getting Russ to buy into his mentality for what this team's makeup and identity should be. And all of this and all that reports this, that, and the third. Rumors, 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 and all that noise coming into this season. Now we got to see the game. And did this fall through? And has this team improved? Well, the answer is emphatically and undoubtedly, Unequivocally, unequivocally, excuse me, absolutely not. This team has gotten, no, not gotten, has stayed the same. It's absolutely horrible. Nothing about this team has gotten good to the point of any any note. It's horrible to watch. Well, actually, let me backtrack. Let me rephrase it. The team has improved and at the same time drastically dropped off in a fashion that I've rarely seen in sports. The team, in terms of commitment to defense, and what Darvin Ham has been trying to preach, has actively done better. We see Anthony Davis going back to, or we saw him early on in the game, go back to that you know active defensive model of being a shot blocker, being a, a active defender, somebody who is always, you know, you know, looking to make differences on the defensive side of the floor, hustling, getting back, all that stuff. We saw that out of De- Anthony Davis. Could have had a better game. Again, granted, he put up 25, and, you know, he didn't have a bad stat line. But, we, but in terms of what we had been seeing last year, which he said he was hurt, not just with the constant leg and foot injury, the wrist injury that also caused him not to shoot. We went, I wanted to see if he had gotten better on that front. Guess what? He had. Seemingly, he's back to an older form, back to the Anthony Davis that I know and the Anthony Davis that I love to watch is actually playing better, is more still play, playing on the outside way too much for somebody who's supposed to be one of the best big men in the league. But despite that, was hustling on the boards, 
was looking more active in terms of attacking the paint rather than settling for perimeter shots. Still doing too much settling, but a lot less than it was last year with him shooting, what, 19% from mid-range or from, from three, whichever the case was, horrible percentage out on the perimeter scoring, but was doing his due diligence more than last year to actively work his way on the inside. LeBron did what LeBron does. No, no qualms there. Third was it? 31 points, an incredible performance individually. On the road to breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. Had an abysmal night shooting the three, which was a trend for this team. But after being passive in the first quarter, not really scoring all that much, then once he started turning it on up, well, James Wiseman can't do anything to stop him. Draymond Green can't do anything to stop him. And he's going back to putting up huge numbers. Looking like he's going to be, again, the leading scorer for this team and most likely runner-up for, or if not winning, the scoring title this year. Because right now, this team looks like it's going to have to take the brunt of its scoring load on the shoulders of LeBron James. And that's horrible. Because we saw what that got this team last year. And this isn't a knock on LeBron. This is a knock on this team. And I can say, which I am reluctant to say, but it's a fact. This team right now, again, it's one game. Sure. But guess what? This is this was a statement game to see what they had going for them. This team looks worse than last year. It does. And last year, we were saying this team was horrible. A mess to watch. But this team looks worse to me than they did last season. Even with the youthful moves that they made with Lonnie Walker, Juan Descano-Anderson, getting Kendrick Nunn back, nothing. This team looks horrible all throughout. And the and the worst part about it is the big three are, fine, are playing like they're supposed to play. AD is doing what he's supposed to do. James is doing what James does, and Westbrook is shooting efficiently and has seemingly been able to find, finally find a way to be to, to, to chip in, be active without going over the top. Granted, he still has his Westbrook-isms that he does. He still does go off the rails, sure, but it wasn't nearly as bad, at least in this first game. Wasn't nearly as bad as he has been for the longest time. This Westbrook is the Westbrook that we've been asking him to play like on this roster in terms of, okay, we know what you can do. Still do everything that you normally do. Just don't go off the wall and shoot yourself in the foot on the offensive and defensive end. Because it sucked that you were giving us 18, 7, and 5 or whatever your stat line was, but the constant miscues on defense, constantly trailing and waning away, losing focus, couple that with a massive amount of turnovers and just dumb shots that you would be taking if you're Russell Westbrook, was shooting all of your numbers in the foot as non-productive. However, in this game, we saw Russell Westbrook play like a competent guard that we know he can play like. Still, again, like I said, a tad off the rails. However, still much more in line with effective contributing basketball play. This is what I've been, this is all I've been asking him to do. And he showed up and did it. Nothing of this game can be blamed on Russell Westbrook. Nothing. And the three main guys that came to play, came to play. A.D., Braun, and Westbrook. Brody. Outside of that, this team has nothing going for them. This team is just like what we see on the Brooklyn Nets right now. Top heavy and not a soul anywhere else. Nowhere else. Matt Ryan and Austin Reeves as your only 
competent three-point shooters right now. Again, LeBron will be more of a competent three-point shooter. I feel like he's going to get back to those averages, 35%, similar to what he did last year. No qualms there. That's going to come with time. The rest of the team, though, nah, This is horrible. This is terrible. This team is being dared to shoot, and it and no, they can't do anything. And the problem is that they're standing around just like last year. If anything, watching that game, it looked like they're standing around more than they were last year. Looks like they're even more incompetent in terms of off-ball movement and are only relying on isolation play and pick and rolls from James, Westbrook, and Braun. And that's it. Nothing else. No cutting, no setting screens for other people. Everybody's stagnating until somebody does a, 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 a this motion trying to communicate with somebody telling them to move. And the offense looks incredibly stiff, jagged, unpolished. It's like if you got wood and there's a bunch of of shavings or splinters that are just all over the place on the on the wood panel. Run your hand over it, you're just gonna get you're gonna you gotta constantly jerk it off. You know why? Because you keep getting stabbed by these obstacles. And these obstacles that the Lakers are facing are the in or the non-existent movement, the horrible shooting, the utter unwillingness to actually move off the ball. And it's just, it's, it's so bad that these teams are, well, the Warriors dared this team to shoot. And they just could not do anything else on any other level of the floor if it wasn't LeBron and AD and Westbrook doing anything. It was hard to watch. Now, granted, on the other side of the coin, the defensive end, that stepped up. Darvin Ham has made a difference on the defensive end for the Los Angeles Lakers. He has made this team able and active and confident in themselves to stay consistent in terms of, okay, make sure that we do what we're supposed to do. Granted, the deficit got too much just because the Warriors were just shooting them out the water. Because, again, this is the best shooting team in the entire league. Many people have the Warriors slated to win the NBA Finals and the Warriors, at this point, we can just say the Warriors are the Warriors. There's no need to explain anything there. The only gripe with the Warriors coming into this whole season was, can Draymond and Jordan Poole play? How's the chemistry going to be? Well, the chemistry is going to be just fine. I still think Draymond Green's going to be gone on top of the punch that he threw coupled with the contracts they just gave out to Wiggins, they just gave out to Jordan Poole that, and that other players are going to want to have, they're going to value youth over experience. And again, like I said, on top of him punching the, the player, uh, you've already, you know, written your own pink slip, just a matter of time. We're going to do it politely. We're going to handle our business, but you ain't going to be here by next year. Might even not be here by the deadline, like I said in a previous episode. And I've said this multiple times before. In light of the punch heard around the world, or rather seen around the world, so the Warriors are the Warriors. We don't have to worry about that. We don't got to worry about what they're going to do. We know how much, how good they are. We know what they're going to bring. We know that they're the team to beat in the West. There's nothing else to say about that team. There's nothing else to say about that team, at least at this point in time, because they've shown consistency as to how good they are. They are champions that are playing like champions, point blank, period. Pretty easy to see. But the sideshow and the attraction is going to be the Lakers because of the fact that this team is a bona fide garbage can. And again, like I said before, this is a team that is actively trying on defense. Something that definitely wasn't happening last year. I'm seeing Westwood being a lot more active and attentive on the defensive end when he's on the floor. I'm seeing hustle from people, from players like Gabriel, from Austin Reeves, from Anthony Davis, like I said, at the top of the show. From top to bottom, we're seeing a higher level of anticipation, aggression, and overall consistent attention to detail when it comes to the defensive end. Again, with how bad the Warriors kept pouring it on them, 
and kept you know scoring on the Lakers, they were still doing a good enough job to where when they were down big, they would come back because they were getting stops. Up until the up until you know late uh, uh, mid third quarter, this game felt like it should have been a lot farther along in terms of how dominant the Warriors were. The score should have reflected it, but it didn't because of the fact that the Lakers have amped up and done better on the defensive side, which is great. So glad I'm seeing that. There's pro- there is progress. The wheels are turning. However, every time it moves forward, a whole nother cog in the system pushes it completely back because they don't have the talent. This is what makes the Lakers so frustrating to see. If they had just went ahead and traded for Buddy Hill and Miles Turner and gotten some shooting, because Miles Turner can shoot. He can. And Buddy Hill is Buddy Hill. And traded away their picks. We could be seeing like a whole different makeup to this whole lineup. We really could. Because I respect Gabriel. I respect Matt Ryan, who was playing phenomenally in the preseason. Respect Austin Reeves, who they're high on. Is this team's current Caruso? Even though, even though they should have never traded away Alex Caruso in the first place. Rather, they should have never let Alex Caruso go in the first place. I respect all those players. But they're not game changers in any way, shape, or form. They're not. With, with, with as much as I like the hustle I saw from Gabriel, as much as I like the willingness to shoot that Matt Ryan showed and the hustle that Austin Reeves shows whenever he plays, it's just no. It's not enough. It can't overcome the ineptitude of talent that this team has. There is, again, outside of Westbrook, AD, and LeBron, Nobody else on this team can actively play. I'm high on Lonnie Walker Jr. He sucked in this game. Everybody else that wasn't the main three, absolutely horrible, utterly terrible, absolutely ridiculous. This team is so devoid of talent that even the progress that they make means nothing because they just can't compete with anybody. They can't. Can't compete with nobody in the NBA right now. They have to be willing to let go of their picks because they don't have a future. They don't. This team doesn't have a future. Past LeBron, as much as they're trying to keep draft picks in order to build something new, no, you don't have that. Because once LeBron leaves, AD is gone, and, and most likely Westbrook's going to be gone too. Or even, you might even keep Westbrook because he thrives as being the only man there. But you have nothing to build towards. You're not stacked with picks like OKC. And these picks that you got right now, you can't really say, oh, they're going to amount to something down the line once we actually get to that point. Your window is now. Because this is the bed that you made for yourself. And because of that, you can't be saying, oh, I'm holding on to stuff. Just because, you know, oh, we want to build something special 10 years down the line. No, 10 years down the line, you're still going to be in the same position. Because right now, you don't have any collateral to do anything. Your only hope if you're a Lakers fan is if the Lakers actively use the prospect of Victor Wimbenyama that's going to cause all these other teams to give up assets that they have that you would never dream to be available for the prices that they're going to be available for and look to ship them off. That's it. That's the only way. By the time All-Star break comes around, 
and the trade deadline ends. They have to make a move because this is the only window of opportunity. This is it. If nothing happens this season, oh, gosh. It's going to be hard pressed for anybody to sign. Or maybe, maybe, maybe it won't be hard pressed for anybody to sign. I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure about what the free agent market is going to be come next year. I just know that right now, if they want to win, this is what they have to do. Which is take advantage of Victor Wimanyama and the tank avalanche is getting ready to come down on the entire NBA. And, and, and take that opportunity to make moves to build up this roster to be something legitimate. Because I'm seeing the sparks of ingenuity. I'm seeing the wheels of change trying to process and turn to make something new from last year in Darvin Ham and his defensive uh, uh, vocalizations of this team. Westbrook playing vastly more efficiently. Again, it's only one game, but still vastly more efficiently than he played last year, not making nearly as many mistakes as he was making, and actually shooting at an efficient rate, playing at an efficient rate, being better at finishing around the rim, even though he still needs to be at a higher level with how aggressively he attacks the paint. But still, compared to last year, this I would have taken this 10 days out of 10 days. And we see the identity of what this team is trying to be, which is a defensive first, fast-paced type of team, scoring off of transition points. That's what this team wants to be, causing turnovers and getting out on the break, similar to how they won the championship in 2020. Only issue is they had the lineup to be able to do that. They had Dwight. They had JaVale McGee. They had Alex Caruso. They had Jared Dudley, who even though didn't contribute nothing to that team, was just the vocal, a vocal leader on that squad. That, again, preached defense and hustle. They had the lineup and the pieces to play with the identity that they want. Now they have the identity. You see it molding and shaping but they don't have the pieces. They don't got the requisite pieces to make that a reality and a working reality that this team can actually have success with. Unless they do the what they need to do, which is forget the future, play for the now, and trade away what they can trade away for to try to get as big of a haul as possible in order to make this lineup something serious. That's what they're going to have to do. Whatever those moves are going to be, whether it's trading Westbrook, no, it's most likely it's going to be trading Westbrook. It's going to be trading Westbrook. And I hope he plays even better for two reasons. One, build faith back up in Russell Westbrook as a player. Hope he keeps his upward trend because then he'll not get the flack that he's been getting, or at least he'll get less of it, and we'll say he's improved from last year. And they can work out on a two-way street to where he gets better notoriety, he gets higher respect from the league, hence teams are now more inclined to want to trade for him and pick him up. And what, what you'll be able to demand for him may be able to be higher. Everybody wins. And then if you, if you don't trade him, which, again, I think would still be stupid, but if you don't trade him and you keep this upward trend, well, hey, now you got somebody that may actually be able to contribute as much as you wanted him to contribute at a better, at a more efficient rate with a higher defensive motor in a more controlled environment, which will further let this team have a better chance of success. It's a two-way street, but both of them have wins. One win is bigger than the other, higher trade value, but still we see progress and we see wins across the board. That's the best-case scenario, though. And if you're a Lakers fan, if you're the Lakers as a whole, 
best case scenario is not what you're looking for. That's not what you're looking for. That's not what I want. That's not what the league wants. We want sustained productivity. We don't want two steps forward, 20 steps back. We want constant progress. And if you're the Lakers, right now you're showing that progress, but it keeps getting just muddled and overshadowed by your absolute lack of talent that is so apparent. It's not even funny. Actually, scratch that. It's so apparent, it's laughable. You got the banner of mentality, but now you don't got the actual pole to hold up that banner. People were saying you didn't have an identity last year outside of LeBron ISO and just does everything. Now you actually are showing the development of an identity, which is a defensive identity, even though it's only one game. And while you have, okay, this is what this team wants to be, they don't have the pole to hoist up that banner of what they're trying to be as a team. They don't have the pieces to make this identity work, even though this is the best identity they can have if they want a shot at being competitive. And get to what every team wants to do, which is get to and win the NBA Finals. Which is a lofty goal for the Los Angeles Lakers. Absolutely. I'm not saying that that's anywhere in the cards. But I'm saying if you even want to sniff at being a, 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 a bet all your money as a joke. And maybe it may actually pan out to get to the Finals. You got to get your talent up. To even joke about this team getting to the finals right now is disrespectful. To me. Even joking about the Lakers having a, 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 a Cinderella run where it's, oh, they well, they just might, if the stars align, if those stars align, they need to blow up and cause a supernova and incinerate everything within a couple million miles radius. If that's the case. Because that's disrespectful to me and every fan to even say, jokingly, they can get to the finals. That's how bad this team is. Their only hope is trades. And their only hope right now is to get the requisite pieces that can play up to the level that can cause this identity that this team is trying to have, which is defensive-centric, fast-break, opportunity-driven. They need to get the players that can actually make that work. Because right now, it's just a pipe dream. And dreams are, are only good when you're sleeping. And are only good in the mind. Working towards those dreams requires some action. And that action requires you to grow. And the only way for this Lakers team to grow is if they are willing to let go of the picks that they have, trade Russell Westbrook, and sign young, motor-driven people and players that can spread the floor Shoot the three at above a 30% clip at minimum, or at least at league average, and, and in order to actually have a chance, as well as being defensively sound and willing to be aggressive on both ends of the floor and move, that's the only way this team is even going to have a shot at even making the playoffs, let alone, let alone making the NBA Finals. But just to get playoff contention, 
play-in tournament. That's what they're going to have to do. Because right now, the, the bar is here. The rungs on the ladder are there for them to improve, but the only problem is they're broken. Because you ain't got no three-point shooting. You can't keep up that defensive aggression forever with no offensive ability whatsoever to take advantage of those opportunities that you made. Hence, the defense is inevitably, is, is inevitably going to bend, which is going to cause the other team to finally get on the run that you can't stop and that you can't even score to keep up with. And then you get scores like we saw on the Warriors where at one point in time in the fourth quarter it's 100 and something to, to, to like 86 or 85. Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. This Lakers team is going to be a sideshow that everybody's going to want to watch. You know why? Because this team is going to be a trash heap with the only guiding light being LeBron's going to pass Kareem if he doesn't get injured. That's it. It's the only saving grace. That's the only relevant thing about this whole thing. LeBron passing Kareem, having another incredible scoring season, averaging 30-plus, Again, becoming potentially the no, yeah, potentially if he wins the scoring title this year, if he's going to have to carry the load like he did last year, potentially winning the scoring title, becoming the oldest player to ever lead the league in scoring, breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record, breaking Magic Johnson's assist record, and. What is that? Moving up to fifth or sixth all-time in assists, first in points in all the NBA. Solidifying his, well, already he's already solidified as one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Many people may change their mind and say, "Oh, he's the greatest of all time if he passes Kareem," or the combination of Kareem and Magic being passed in the same season may cause him to say he's the greatest of all time. Either way. The only thing that we can look forward to is one of the biggest achievements that pushes LeBron James toward being the greatest of all time in a lot of people's eyes. Is the only thing that we care to watch for this season. If you're a fan or not a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers, because everything else is obsolete and null and void. This team is absolutely horrible. And I hate it. They don't improve. LeBron's going to be the only highlight. And they would have successfully wasted, outside of the championship years, successfully wasted LeBron James. And I can say this, and his prime. Because his prime is just never ended. So I can successfully say this Lakers team has wasted his prime. Second team has wasted his prime. Or is wasting his prime. It's across the board. LeBron ain't to blame with either. He, he did this to himself as well. Could have had DeMar DeRozan. Instead of us at Westbrook. You know, we could be looking at a completely different makeup of a team. But no. But no, 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 no. This is what we're left with. It hurts. It really does. This team has to get better. Because they're not worth my time watching right now. It may not be worth my time except for LeBron this entire season. Absolutely horrible. But for the, an- for the another game that's happened that is incredibly impactful that I've been having my eye on, Brooklyn Nets versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans route the Brooklyn Nets. This is the team that was supposed to be coming back with a vengeance because of healthy Kyrie that can play all the time, KD being KD, Ben Simmons returning and bolstering that defensive ability. Well, we see what that got this team. 
We see what that guy this team. Survey says on what I thought Ben Simmons would bring to this team. Absolutely not. The brother, do you understand? Ben Simmons had a triple single and fouled out before the end of the game. And the Pelicans just ran through the Brooklyn Nets. Ran through them. And just like I said with the Lakers, the same thing applies to this Brooklyn Nets team. They have nobody. Patty Mills is the only relevant player outside of the top five. They have nobody. I don't want to hear Blake Griffin because he ain't playing like a Blake Griffin that is active, that is contributing, at least in my estimation, for what his skill set can actually be. Stop playing up to his potential. And nobody else on that team has is 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 of note. Cause they all suck. They all suck. This entire team absolutely is abysmal. Makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. 130 to a 108. One of the worst performances I've seen out of a team. Again, it's early on. But this season. <laughs> It's early, but this season, it's it, 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 it's it's horrendous. It's act, it's actually horrendous. And this is where, or this was, this is rather, the worry that I've had with Ben Simmons. Like I said on previous, you can go back and watch my show with Jamal Wright. We talked about this exact subject. We don't know. Well, we didn't know, rather, what Ben Simmons were going to get coming into this season. Everybody was high on him. I wanted him to succeed, but I had to live in the reality that we did not know what exactly Ben Simmons was going to do once the NBA season started. We didn't know. And all says it's going to take about 15, 20 games where anybody gets actively in basketball shape, just like what LeBron said for himself. Minimum is going to take 15 to 20. But even on the floor, what Ben Simmons are we going to see play? What's his mentality going to be? What is his mental makeup for how he's going to continue his career on this team and beyond going to be? And it's going to affect the way that he plays. And just like I thought so, it very much so did. Took three shots, made two, five boards, five assists, and six personal fouls. Now, ooh, for a player just starting out, ooh, those five and five, five rebounds, five assists, ooh, look at that. But no, this is a Draymond Green stat line. And I love Ben Simmons. I, he's a, I think he's a better player than Draymond Green. I think a lot of people are better than Draymond Green as a player. But what Draymond Green doesn't have in skill, he makes up for in intangibles and, and little things that he does that makes that Warriors team work. Ben Simmons doesn't do those things. He was brought on this squad for one thing, defense. And what happened when he's brought on the squad on this top-heavy squad with no other bench, they had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. What did he do? He let Zion score 25 points in 30 minutes. 11 to 22, 50% from the field. Out-rebound him. Blow by him. Blow through him. Blow him away. The one thing that he was came on this, on this very team to do wasn't even doing that at a high level. This team is in trouble. Unless Ben Simmons picks it up, this team is in trouble. Ben Simmons is the only saving great that can actually make this team turn around to be something. I've been saying he needs to play power forward. But right now, I don't think he can play power forward. Because as much as he can switch on one through five, he apparently, when he goes up against a stronger, agile def- uh, offensive player, like a Zion Williamson, who again, mind you right now, is a 
what when I say one now mind you, when I say this, this is not a plot a, a, a blotch or a plight on Zion. But Zion is a one track player in terms of his goal, get on the inside, use his size, and get to the hoop. That's what he wants to do when he has the ball in his hands. It's not a knock, because he led he was at again, had the highest finishing rate. Was it 69% field goal percentage scoring 25 points? We haven't seen that since, or scoring 20 plus, we ain't seen that since Shaq. That's not a knock, that's how he plays, and it's effective. Like I said, him coming back is going to be lethal, especially now that he's trimmed down and healthy. He's going to be impossible to stop. You're going to have to build a wall against him, And but unlike Giannis, he has a better passing touch to start his career. The Giannis that we see now is able to pass and swing it when he gets doubled or when a wall gets put in front of him, when a wall gets put in front of him, he had to develop that. Zion has that. So this, so he's going to be, right now he's, he's well prepared to adapt. And with the team of shooters that he has right now, these Pelicans are lethal for the entire Western Conference. Outside of the Warriors. Lethal. Excuse me, outside of the Warriors and the Healthy Nuggets, lethal across the board. But sticking with the Nets for now, this Nets team is in so much trouble because of their ineptitude to actively do anything. I mean, they're not as, they this wasn't as bad as watching the Lakers but doggone it, it wasn't much better. It was not much better. And I'm going to touch on why the Pelicans are going to be so lethal outside of just Zion coming back and being what Zion is. It's now we need to start giving him the love that he deserves and stop comparing him to Ja and start comparing him to himself. Because if he's playing better than he played with last year, when he was healthy, or somewhat healthy, good gosh, he's going to be a monster. But this team right now has made up of nobody. Kyrie Irving played 34 points, or 34 minutes, 16 points. Six for night, nearly six for 20, six for 19 on the night. Five assists, they, they don't have any playmakers. They ain't got nobody playmaking. They ain't got, they, they ain't, they ain't got nobody. Even though you think Ben Simmons could do it out the paint, that's not the role that he's in. Because he ain't got the ball in his hands. So, what are we seeing? A team that can't really play make. A team that right now is, is with Ben Simmons in the starting lineup, is severely hindered to be able to do anything on the offensive end outside of everybody load up on one side and just let Kyrie or KD ISO. That's it. That's it. And Nick Claxton with lobs, that's all he can really do from a player's standpoint. So, everybody can score on the inside. Outside of KD and Kyrie, and to a much lesser degree, Ben Simmons, nobody else can, can consistently do that at a high rate. They ain't got no shooting. They ain't got no spacing. This is just a team of just like last year. This is just like last year. Just like last year. Nothing. We have to stop harping on, oh, KD and Kyrie, they can make it happen. The most skilled duo in the in NBA history. Their bag is so deep, it's nearly endless. That's not going to win them anything. It's not going to win them a thing. It's not going to win them a thing. Anybody who picked this team to come out of the East should be ashamed of themselves. Should be utterly ashamed of themselves based on this performance. Again, it's only the first game of the year for them. 
doesn't change that this could be exactly what we see for the rest of the year. Because again, like I said early on, outside of Patty Mills, nobody else on this team is worth anything of note in terms of production that they have on the floor. Outside of that starting lineup. Watanabe, no. Edwards, no. Sharp, no. Summer, no. Thomas, no. Duke Jr., no. Williams, absolutely not. Nobody, this whole team is is built with players that most likely would ride the reserve bench. What do I mean by reserved? You can you have a rotation of, of, of 10 to 12. And those last three names don't really get much play. They're just there for garbage time, or if all else fails, somebody gets hurt. That's what a lot of these names on this roster are built to play in, in terms of that would be their role. Not minutes. Not major minutes. And Patty Mills is the only one that can actually contribute. So their bench, non-existent. Starting lineup, KD, Royce, O'Neal, Claxton, Simmons, and Kyrie. O'Neal, not a great three-point shooter. Can defend, but can't really do anything with if it's not catch and shoot. And can't do anything with the ball in a sense. Claxton, lob threat, and nothing more. He can get up to block some shots, but he can be baited into foul trouble. Irving, non-factor on the defensive end. But it's the only other offensive weapon that they can utilize on a consistent basis. Ben Simmons, supposed to be the best defensive player on this team. Supposed to be the guy that can play make out the post and facilitate similar to a Jokic role. Supposed to be the guy that can still give you 15 points, good chunk of rebounds, and 6 to 8 assists. All on the inside. Out of the low block. But no. Hasn't shown that he can do that either. All these things are snowballing into this Nets organization is in trouble. They are in deep trouble. This is not a team that is built to win in any way, shape, or form. I don't care. Right now, this squad is not built to do anything. It is top-heavy to a fault. And outside of Paddy Mills, there is nothing else on this roster that can compete with any other team in the NBA. And we saw that playing this day when they faced the Pelicans. This Pelicans team right now, contrary to Brooklyn, contrary to L.A., is built to run with anybody. Outside of the Bucks, outside of the Warriors, and outside of the Nuggets, this team can run with anybody in the NBA. And it ain't just because of Zion. No, 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 no. Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Jose Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, Valentunas, CJ McCollum, they have a legitimate depth when it comes to this team. And they have shooting to boot. And they are good defensively. Zion, we already covered Zion. I'm picking Zion to average 30 this year. I'm picking Zion to really show up. I'm picking Zion to play like what I think he would have been able to play like if no injuries existed for him in his career, which is play better than what we already see him play, average 30, a, a bully down low, and a better player than John Morant, even though we see what John Morant is. We're seeing John Morant play out of his mind at his zenith. And averaging 30, was it 30, 28, something like that. We've seen him going off in the playoffs and all this stuff. This is him having, having an incredible time. Phenomenal. When healthy Zion's do averaging 25 on limited minutes, making, again, last year. Was it last year or two years ago? Either way. 
averaging 55-plus percent from the entire field, regardless of whatever shot it is. Now you let him play a full season with unrestricted minutes, slimmer, and can play for longer, even more experienced in only his third year. Yes, I think he can be better than Ja. Absolutely. Zion, knock on Ja, this is just but what I see in Zion is just that much more. Then you got Brandon Ingram, who doesn't care about how he looks based on his hair and facial makeup, or about a facial, uh, uh, facial, facial growth. You can see that brother looks like somebody I would see at a gas station. However, this man has bulked up in size and is more poised on the offensive end than ever. That's scary. Coupled with his length. Yeah, he's going to be a problem. Herb Jones, defensive juggernaut. Block Kevin Durant on a three. You don't see that often. Especially from distance. A committed defender can hit the three, can cause havoc on the defensive end, can make big plays, game-changing plays, and is a momentum shifter. Valanciunas, a very good three-point shooter who can play big and get boards. And C.J. McCollum, the man that they pay, they're, they're going to pay big bucks for. The man that they, I believe, actually, I think they're paying big bucks for him right now. The man who is the second best scorer on this team and can be a facilitator now has weapons to pass to and to shoot alongside as well as defensive help that he didn't have in Portland and he can go off on his own. They got a three-headed monster of Zion, Ingram, and McCullum. If any one goes out, any of the others can step up. Then you got Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado. Uh, Again, Alvarado defensive havoc. Devontae Graham, one of the better three-point shooters in the entire league, on top of can actually get a bucket on his own when he gets hot with the ball in his hands. And then you got Jackson Hayes and Larry Nance. Jackson Hayes, who is a difference maker and a motor and a fire starter on the defensive end and offensive end with his lobs, with his athleticism, with his hustle. And then Larry Nance, who can get up and, like he showed last season, I believe in the playoffs as well, can be a difference maker. When called on to contribute, when he needs to get boards, he'll get boards. When he needs to get a lob, he'll get a lob. He can do the scrappy things. And can cause momentum plays with his highlight real athleticism when it's available. Or rather, when he's called to do it. Excuse me. This team is made up with everything you need for a team that can upset some of the best in the league. They got it. They got it. This team is there. This team is there. I'm excited to see this team. Not just for Zion. For this entire squad. With Ingram's development, McCollum getting situated and comfortable with the roster that he has, with the success that they had without Zion last year in the playoffs, oh, this team is going to be something serious to be. This team, in fact, let me bring out this. This team is an ominous threat. That everybody in the league needs to take heed to. Everybody in the league. Because they can come and they can win against anybody. They can come into any arena. And give anybody a run for their money, if not beat them outright. People were calling this team an NBA Finals candidate. People were calling this Nets team. People were saying, oh, this team's going to be in the NBA Finals. Look at what they did. It's stupid that they did that they were saying that, but look at what they did. And hey, if I said that next we're gonna make it to the NBA Finals or be a dominant team or be a good team, hey, I'm in the wrong too. This team sucks right now. Well, they show right now, no, they're not worth the time of day. But this team against legitimate, competent competition can come in and wreak havoc on anybody on any given day. 
They can give they can give the Clippers a run for their money, even though the Clippers are stout. They can give the Nuggets a run for their money. I don't think they're gonna win against the Nuggets, but they can give the Nuggets a run for their money. Any team. Any team. Any team, any contending team, they can give a run for their money. Any of them. In the East, if you're not the Bucks, in the in the if, let's say hypothetically, let's say hypothetically, the Nets or not the Nets, the Pelicans got to the finals. Hypothetically, there are very few teams I could see if matched up against anybody, or if matched up against that they couldn't beat. This team can upset some of y'all bet favorite teams. Don't get it twisted. This team can upset some of you all's favorite teams. If you when you least expect it. Healthy? That's the key. That's the key. That's the key with this team. Health is the key with this team. If this team stays healthy, this team is one of the best teams in the league. I'm saying it right now, and I'm sticking with it. This team is one of the best built, most cohesive, most as a collective talent. This team has it. This team's got it. And they're built to last. They got veteran leadership in CJ McCollum. They got youth and experience in Brandon Ingram and Zion. They got hustle. They got three-point shooting in Jose Aldo and Javante Graham. They got athleticism. Larry Nance. Jackson Hayes. Zion. They have everything. They got defense. Herb Jones, Troy Murphy. We even saw Zion get a steal on Kyrie Irving. The greatest ball handler that we've ever seen. He's looking more disciplined. Wait, uh, this whole team is just going up, up, up. If you're any team in the league right now, be afraid of the New Orleans Pelicans. Be afraid. Be very afraid of this team. Be very afraid of this team. Because you take them lightly, they will take you out. If you take them seriously, they can still take you out. I can't. This team has me excited like few teams in the league. Like very few teams in the league. Very few teams in the league. I'm, I'm ecstatic for this team. And finally... What we'll cover for the well, last thing that we'll cover for today is again on opening night. You had Jason Tatum and the Sixers, or Jason Tatum and the Celtics playing against the 76ers and James Harden and Joel Embiid. Now, we saw what the Celtics were doing. We saw how good they are. We saw what their ability is. We know, hey, got to the finals. Boom. They're a team that is a force in the East. Absolutely. I'm still picking the outside of a healthy Bucks team who I think is com- completely the best team in the East. The Celtics team is going to be one of the hardest to beat. And now they've gotten even harder because of the fact that Jason Tatum is playing up to the level that I've wanted him to play at for a long time. I've been critical of Jason Tatum. I was critical of him. If you watched the NBA Finals, we covered every game. Me and guests with the Got Next podcast with Mitchell Baldwin and and, and Dono, Bryce Foreman, Cam Little, all those people. Anybody wanted to come on? Rather, anybody I invited on, excuse me. You're going to come, guys. You better come with with, with some knowledge and some know-how. We don't don't just have anybody on this show. And this is a sophisticated program. <laughs> it's a sophisticated program. We got standards. <laughs> but when I brought them on, I was incredibly critical of the utter abysmal performance that I saw from Jason Tatum as what the standard was set for for him as a superstar. And it, it was granted Worth me saying, because he played horrible. However, now, 
I think he's making a statement this year to shell off all of that noise that we had against him last year. Because my gosh, this man completely destroyed the 76ers. 35, 12, and 4 with a block and a steal. 13 of 20 from the field, 7 for 9 from the free throw line. This man was on a mission on both sides of the floor. You saw him being aggressive. You saw him being assertive on the defensive end. You saw him, and when he when somebody got the ball in his vicinity, he was closing out. He was getting in their face. He was being active. He was being jittery. He was making the offensive players uncomfortable. It was causing turnovers and it was causing havoc. It was phenomenal. The Celtics team was already good. Now you got Jason Tatum playing better defense than I've ever seen him play. And taking another step in his ascension to being a superstar. This Celtics team is is is, is scary. They're looking to make some noise this year. And I'll be the first to say, I am more than happy to change my tune on how I feel about Jason Tatum if this keeps up, if consistency holds true. I'm more than happy to give him the props that he's due. More than happy. Because if he's showing that he can do things on both sides of the floor at a high level, now we're talking about a superstar. Now we're talking about a player that you can say is in the top 10 of the NBA. Now we're getting into those types of talks. I wasn't with those talks earlier. But if this is the Jason Tatum that we're getting, hey, now we can start having that conversation. This keeps up. But whatever the case, right now, from the optics of everything, it looks like he is poised and ready to make a big statement that regardless of what anybody said last year, this is a different Jason Tatum. This is a different animal that we're going to see. This is a different leader. This is a different dog. This is a meaner, more aggressive player that's going to look to kill anybody in front of him. And then on the flip side of the coin, you got James Harden looking like James Harden of old. Yes, they lost 126 to 107. Sure, the 76ers lost. Or excuse me, 126 to 117, excuse me, in the Sixers loss. But in that loss, we're, there's still some high hopes with the Sixers because of the fact that now what happened? James Harden's playing like the James Harden of old. 35, 8 and 8. 12 of 12 from the free throw line. 9 of 14 from the field. This man is getting to the line, scoring on the inside and scoring on the outside. Looks like he's getting that explosiveness back. Looks fitter, looks leaner, looks quicker, looks more explosive. This is the James Harden that we have been waiting to see ever since he left the Rockets. This is the James Harden that we've been waiting to see. Granted, some of that stuff was rule changes that hindered his, his success. But even outside of that, it was still, we were having questions as to what is going on with James Harden. Was it injuries, hamstring injuries, that were causing him to lose his explosiveness, or was it that it's just, he just doesn't have it anymore? Or was it a combination of both, both injuries and waning skill? But now, again, it's game one. But even still, against the Eastern Conference champions, a team that got to the finals, the best defensive team last year, he does this and looks like the Harden of old. Once things get settled in, and like with any team, we give them time to get fully in the mode of the NBA season. But if this is things, if this is a sign for things to come, 
for the 76ers. And you're getting this James Harden coupled with MVP runner-up and potentially gunning for MVP this year, Joel Embiid. Oh, you're looking at a deadly team of the 76ers. Philadelphia fans have high expectations, and they may be able to be reached with this squad if James Harden continues to play like this. I'm excited for what if we see this James Harden. I'm excited for if we see this James Harden. This James Harden changes a lot of things in terms of competitiveness of the Eastern Conference. We already knew they were good. But now that he's playing like this, and Joel Embiid continues to play at MVP levels throughout the season, or rather reaches those MVP, those, or rather he reaches those MVP levels that he was playing at last year, you're looking at a very compelling storyline. Come to come this season. This could be interesting. This, I, I wish I had an evil laugh on this thing. This could be that, that we we could be seeing come also, but we could be hearing this. We could be hearing this. We could genuinely be hearing this in terms of uh, of of. Oh my gosh. This is this is no longer a fantasy team that we hope can reach its zenith. No, this is a team that's gotten everything together. And now it's gunning for everybody in the Eastern Conference. Oh, this is great. I need to get an evil laugh on this thing. Because <laughs> this is phenomenal. This is utterly great for the league. This is great for the sport. And this is great for me. This is going to be a fun season. And trust and believe, I'm going to be here every step of the way to make it as even more entertaining as possible. This is, this is, this is a dream come true. So many stars, so much at stake. Everybody's healthy and back. We could be looking at one of the better NBA seasons that we've seen in recent memory. My gosh, get excited because you know I am. And trust and believe, we're going to be here to talk about all of that on the Welch Report as the season goes on. But we have to end it here. This has been another episode of the Welch Report. I'm so happy to be with you all again today. This was a phenomenal episode. I'm so happy I got to do it. I'm so happy you got to listen to it. Please, again, leave a like on the video if you're on YouTube. Comment your thoughts and opinions. Subscribe to the channel and share it with everybody that you know. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, subscribe and follow on those platforms. And hey, let's build up this empire, baby. Let's get this going again. We clap for you, the fans. We clap for you, the listeners. And we clap for this NBA season. I'm so excited. But I will catch you all later on. See you again for another episode. Peace and love. We out of here.